give you some information on lottery losers. So there is some information on the table out there. We know that um, it's sometimes people don't know how to handle money. And that's what we deal with here at Living Word Fellowship. We're also going to teach you how to handle money, how to be a good steward of it, because God wants us to be a good steward. But I've got this handout, and I've made a copy of it. And um, and you guys can read over it. I'll just pick a couple of them here that... Um, that uh, William Hurd of Lansing, Michigan, won $3.1 million in 1989. Two years later, he was broke and charged with murder. Hurt allegedly spent his fortune on a divorce and crack cocaine. Jeanette Lee of Missouri won $18 million in 1993. She was very generous to a variety of causes, but according to the published report, eight years later after winning... Uh, Lee had filed for bankruptcy with only $700 left in the bank. There was one in here I wanted to share with you. Bud Poston, uh, William Bud Post, won $16.2 million in the Pennsylvania lottery in 1988, but now lives on Social Security. I wish it had never happened. It was totally a nightmare, said Post. A former girlfriend successfully sued him with a share of, for a share of the winnings. A brother was arrested... His, a brother was arrested for hiring a hitman to kill him, hoping for a sizable inheritance. Other siblings pestered him to invest in ventures that never returned any capital. Post even spent time in jail for firing a gun over the head of a bill collector. Within a year, he was a million dollars in debt. Now, this is after winning $16.2 million. Within a year, he was uh, over a million dollars in debt. Post admitted to being both careless and foolish. He eventually filed bankruptcy and, and uh, survived on $450 a month and food stamps until his recent death from respiratory failure at the age of 66. So anyways, you need to know the rest of the story. Not everybody are good stewards with their money. I remember seeing a, um, a, 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 uh, Oh, a documentary on a guy by the name of Elsie Greenwood, who was some of you guys that are older like we do. We remember the Steel Curtain and, and, uh, in the NFL. And Elsie Greenwood was, he was broke, busted, and disgusted. He even had sold his championship rings, and I think he had four or five at that time, and, and he was just working as a security guard. So, um, you know, one of the things that we teach is, is, uh, is seed time and harvest. We teach about the, the finances and what's taking place there. I've got some things I'm going to have ushers pass out to you that I want you to give some information in your hands. But if you want one of those lottery losers, they're out on, uh, out on the foyer table, out in the lobby there, whatever we call it out there. It's on that table. So feel free to help yourself to one of those and, and read over it. Um, today, as, uh, as they begin to pass out, they're gonna, they've got two sheets. One is Isaiah 60 that I wanted to give to you, that we're going to look at the prophetic voice today. We're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to look at the prophetic today and begin to see what, uh, what the prophets are calling forth in the land. I'm telling you, we are in a time where we need to know what God is saying, and not only through His Word, but through the prophets in the land. And I want us to begin to look at that. That's Isaiah 60. Um, and the other one that I've given you is a declaration that we are going to make today. It's going to be a declaration that we are going to make today. So, you know, we're going to read it out loud together, but it's going to be a little bit later. Uh, in a few more minutes, we'll take a look at that. But um, as the ushers hand that out, I wanted, I wanted to get that in, in your hands. This declaration that I think is in the green sheet of paper, 
personally, I've been declaring since um, since June, since it came out, and um, and I've been trying to do it on a daily basis. I I think I missed a day or two, but mostly I've I've reached it every single day, and I've been declaring that, and it's going to be very powerful. It's up to you. Uh, we're just going to give you the the word of the Lord, and then let you decide what you want to do. But I want to point out some scriptures. I want to talk a little bit today about the prophetic voice showing the way. You can look in the Bible and you can look up and see Elijah and you can see him pointing in certain directions and you you can see Moses. Moses was a prophet and he and he brought the people out of Egypt and, and the prophets throughout um, Ezekiel and Joel and, and Jeremiah, the prophetic voice that's come forth. John the Baptist was considered a prophet, you know, in the New Testament. You begin to look at these things and we begin to start having an understanding that the prophetic, prophetic voice was show us the way. And a lot of us maybe not uh, uh, may not understand the prophetic much, but we are a very prophetic church and we flow prophetically. But I wanted us to just realize and understand God's purposes for the prophetic. And and I began to look at some information and, and I've got this book by Bill Hammond and I just want to read you a little section out of it. This book is called The Prophets, Pitfalls, and the Principles. He produced three of them. This is the third in a, in the volume of it. It kind of really it takes the prophet and how they operate New Testament-wise for the church today. And uh, it's the, some things that we teach. Pastor Virginia uh, teaches the prophetic 101 and 201, get understanding how to hear the voice of God and activating you in the prophetic. But let me let me just cover this with you today. Let me just let's take a look at this today. God's purpose for prophets. Let me read this to you. Prophets are special to the heart of God. They participate in all of God's plans and performances here on earth. They are to prepare the way for the second coming of Christ by bringing revelation knowledge on the scriptures that must be fulfilled before Christ can return. The restoration of the prophet ministry and the company of the prophets is the greatest sign in the nearness of Christ's coming. The prophets not only will prepare the way, but they will also make ready a people. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1, and I want us to look at verse 17. Luke chapter 1 and verse 17. The bride of Christ must be made ready for her husband, and the prophets help make and bridge that gap and the bride to grow into purity and maturity. She cannot be fully perfected without the full restoration of the apostles and the prophets, which is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And C. Peter Wagner says we are entering into the second apostolic age where the apostles were there, but now God is bringing them forth. They were there. They were operating mainly as pastors in the church. If you'll look in the New Testament, you'll see the word pastor in there once, and you'll see the word apostles in there 70, over 70 times in the New Testament. Yet we have no problem calling somebody a pastor, but it's in there once. But we have a problem when somebody says apostle so-and-so, or they have an apostolic call on their life, or we begin to talk about the apostles and the prophets. I'm not here to talk to you about the fivefold ministry gifts. The apostles and the prophets are for today. They have not left the church. They did not disappear. According to the word of God, the Bible says that he put in the, in the church first apostles and prophets and teachers. You can look in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and he gave some to be apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to do the works of the ministry or to, to equip the saints to do the works of the ministry until we reach full maturity. The church, the body of Christ has not reached full maturity. 
You know, we can look at it and some say, well, you know, they say in Corinthians, I think it's 14 or whatever, that, you know, that the tongues have ceased and the prophets have ceased. And the Bible also says knowledge has ceased. So, so you know, that hasn't happened yet. That's when Jesus Christ comes back and that's going to be the fullness of God. Can I get an amen? See, I want us to understand and realize this. Um, what did I tell you? Luke chapter 1, verse 17. I'm not even turned there. I guess I better get there. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 17. Um, it really talks about when, when the angel of the Lord appeared to, uh, to Mary and, and she was going to give birth to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord appeared to Elizabeth and Zechariah um, and, and he began to share with them about John the Baptist. And in, in verse uh, 17 it says, It is he who will go as a forerunner before him. This is the angel of the Lord, a messenger. If you want to know about angels, get Pastor Virginia's uh, teaching a few weeks ago on angels. It was really a great uh, teaching on angels and you'll get an understanding. This is a messenger angel coming as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet. Say prophet. Elijah was a prophet. So here we see John the Baptist that's going to be coming forth before he was, he was birthed into the, into the earth realm. He was in the spirit and the pro- power of Elijah to turn the hearts to the fathers back to the children and the disobedient and the attitude of the righteous so that he can make ready a people for the Lord. You know, we begin to see prophets that call forth things. And John the Baptist went around in the different regions and he said, Hey, you know what? Repent and be baptized for the kingdom of God is, is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. I'm here to tell you, the kingdom of God is on the earth. Come on. And it operates through you. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're the kingdom. You're in the kingdom. You know, if you're a believer, you're in the kingdom of God. It operates through you. And God wants to utilize you. And he'll take the prophetic word. He'll take these words that will come forth. And he'll activate and, and bring forth an understanding of the word of God. Let me continue with what, um, what Bill Hammond says. Prophets help these ministries to come forth in at least two ways. First, they're prophesying that they reveal to the believers their part to play in the church and to help them interrelate with other believers. Second, and this is what I want us to focus on, that their words that they bring forth have a Christ-gifted ability to impart, say impart, they bring forth a word that will impart, it will birth, and it will activate in the believer's ministry that God has revealed for them. In other words, the prophetic word, Pastor, you're saying that can impart something in me? Yes. It can birth something in me? Yes. It can bring confirmation in something. I mean, you know, come on. Them prophets and stuff, they were kind of wacky people, you know, that, that laid on their side for, for days and months and, and years and didn't eat and, and ate all sorts of stuff. And, and I mean, you know, I mean, they... They ate feces and stuff like that. I mean, it was cooked over. Oh, come on, somebody. You're thinking, now i got to be like that if I'm going to flow prophetically. No, 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 no. You be the way God has designed you to be. Amen? You, you, some of us flow prophetically. You may, see, you, may, you may see impressions. You may hear the voice of the Lord. You may have an unction. You may have an impression on your heart and bring forth. You bring forth word of knowledge, word of wisdom. There's different things that God will allow for you to come forth with prophetically. And I wanted us to look at some things because I want us to look at the voice of the prophet. Now, 
Bill Hammond is a prophet himself. He raises up prophets. He, he has a training center, and, and he is he's an expert, if there is an expert. If you, you know, I, don't, I don't know what an expert is. Does that mean you just dealt with it more than anybody else, or you you've went, and went to school and got a shingle hung on your, on, on your, on your uh, door, and it makes you an expert? I mean, you know, it, it, we ought to be experts in trials and tribulations, amen, because we've been there. We've gone through some different, different things. I want us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Because I want us to really take and understand the prophetic voice. I want you to understand how, how important it is in your life. And a lot of times as you grow and, and you come to a prophetic church like this, the people will speak a word of encouragement to you. They'll edify you. They'll uplift you. They'll give you a word of encouragement. Deuteronomy eighteen 19, I'm going to use the international version, says, If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. And we've got churches out there that discount the prophetic. They say it's gone, it's passed away, don't let anybody prophesy to you. If you want the prophetic word, you just read the word. And, the, and there, there is truth that if you want the prophetic word, read the word. But the Bible says, by two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Where do these witnesses come from? A lot of times it comes through the prophetic. A, a prophet will come in the house. They'll begin to flow prophetically. You've been thinking about a, doing a certain thing. And I remember, this is a birth. This building is the birth through the prophetic voice. Oh, come on. I don't know if you heard me. This building is a birth through the prophetic. I, we began to pray. I began to, to fast. I began to seek the Lord. Shelly and I were. If those of you that are part, were part of the church and the fellowship at the other building, we went to two services. Yeah, that didn't seem to work out real well. We were struggling with parking. We were, I was like, God, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? I got, a, I got this, this vision that you have birthed within me. And then, then, a, then a, a word came forth and said that, that, that you will expand. You will grow. And then another word began to come forth that said, you know, the Lord is going to begin to move you. That that he's hidden in the dark, he's going to bring to the light and he's going to move you from into the dark and into the light. And I'm thinking, God, how are you going to do this? I mean, you know, we're just, we're right here in an obscure area. Not a whole lot of people pass by. And then we went to, uh, remember, we went to a prophetic apostolic prophetic conference and Barbara Wintrouble began to prophesy over us. And I had petitioned the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. But here it is after two 2001, and, and the, the, the world is saying the economy's bad. Don't spend your money. Don't go do this. Don't do that. And the Spirit of God was saying, now's the time. Now's the time to step out. And everything in the natural, come on, somebody, everything in the natural was looking at like, there's no way we can do it. There's no way financially, God, that I can trust you in order to be able to meet the need of what it's going to take to come in and build a facility or, or take over a facility. We were looking at the facility right next door, and God was beginning to stir that up in us and we went to we went out and barbara called us out she was like you two you remember that it's like you two and i was like it seemed like every time i'd gone to a prophetic conference shell and i were getting called out i'm gonna be real today i was getting tired of getting called out all right i wasn't getting called out and people were being mean to us all right i was getting called out i mean i'd go and sit 12 14 rows back you know what i mean and they'd look and go you you and your wife come on up here I'm thinking, God, I'm going to hide in the nursery. But I was afraid that they might go back into the nursery and say, oh, you, 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 come come here. 
You know, because what was happening is they were prophesying all these big things and all these things that I'm thinking, I, there is no way I can do this, God. You don't know who you're talking about. You're talking about me. I mean, I'm, I'm the least of the least. I'm the least from the least clan. There's no way I can do this. I'm just a little old kid that was born in upstate New York and moved to North Carolina. And I ain't got no money and I ain't got no honey and it ain't funny and I ain't got no education. And I don't even know how to read. I can't write. I don't know what to do. Y'all are just going, I didn't know all that about pastor. That was what was going through my mindset. I was like, God, how am I doing this? I can read. I can write. I, you know, I, I can do these things. But, I, but I, I was going through my mindset. I was like, God, how can this happen? And Barbara called out. Because, and I went and petitioned the Lord and said, Lord, if you want us to do it, this is it. The Bible says by two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And how many of you know sometimes we lay out a fleece? We say, God, if it's really you, then you'll do this. And then God does it. And what do we do? Do we walk by faith then? Come on. Most of the time we don't. God will do it, and most of the time we'll say, well, God, I kind of heard that one, and that was right on, but if you're really, really, really God, then maybe you'll do this. Well, I knew the Bible had said by two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And we had already had two witnesses into what God was wanting to birth in our spirit. So I said, God, it says two or three. I I, I want the three. Are you with me? I mean, I just want to know that I know that I know. And then sure enough, she calls us out. And then I'm thinking, I, and I went to the conference and I said, Lord, if, if we're going to hear from you, I want to hear from you. And I want it to be clear. And, and we don't, we've got it, we've got it transcribed and it's an audible deal, but you can hear Barbara prophesy. And when she began to, she laid her hands on me and she said, man of God or, 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 or son of God or whatever, it was like, you have been asking the Lord and it's now is the time to step out. Now's the time to do what he's called you to do and step out in there. And I mean, it was like, okay, God, what was I to do but to step out? Amen. So the prophetic can, can activate some things. It can bring confirmation in your life. And I want us to begin to look at the prophetic voice because there are some things that are taking place. And a lot of times people discount the prophetic. But according to Deuteronomy 18, he says that if anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. So the prophetic word that comes forth in my life, is the Lord going to, you know, is there going to be a time where it's going to be, hey, what about this prophetic word? Well, God, you know, I thought you was just goofing. God, you know, it felt good. I was really feeling bad that day, and that prophetic word came forth. It just wasn't for me. It was for Richard. It was for Linda. It was for Cassie or Jeremy. It was for somebody else. It wasn't for me, you know. And, you know, but it would know. he says, you know what? You're going to be called into account. So the prophetic word is very serious. The prophetic word is, I mean, it's, it's great when you get it, and there's sometimes I'm like, I've had enough prophetic words. Anybody ever got the prophetic word full? No. I've just got, I'm sorry, I guess I'm the only one. Let me just preach to me, all right? There's been times where they prophesied and prophesied and prophesied, and I'm like, I don't need another prophetic word. God, I'm ready for these prophetic words to come forth. Amen? I don't need another word to put on the shelf to say, hey, I'll just wait and see if it happens. But there is confirmation and impartation that comes when that prophetic voice comes. And I want us to look at it, and I want us to realize and understand what we're doing as a body. I need to move forward. Second Chronicles 20.20. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretty fast, so you just write these down, okay? Second Chronicles 20.20 20 says, Believe in the Lord your God 
and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, so you shall prosper. The New American Standard Version says, so you will succeed, have success. God wants us to prosper. How does he want us to prosper? Well, by the prophetic voice, the voice that's coming forth into the nation. Psalms 1, six says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The Lord's watching over your way. He's going to take his word. He's going to get an, you're going to get an understanding of it. And the Bible even tells us that he watches over his word to perform it. In Jeremiah 1.12 says, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Say the Lord watches over his word to bring it to pass. That's what it means to perform it. Isaiah 55, uh, uh, 55.11, I think is what it is. Uh, he says, it says, my word will not return to me void, but it will do what it's planned and purpose to do. Another version says, it will do what I sent it to do. So God's word will go forth as he speaks forth through the prophets. It'll go forth. Turn with me to Psalms. I want us to look at Psalms 121. Not a long psalm today, but it, we, I just want us to get this in our spirit. Psalms 121. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Psalms 121 says this. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall come my help? My help comes from... It comes from where? Comes from who? Comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. And somebody needs this today. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. I mean, God's not fallen asleep on the throne. God's not nodded off, and then all of a sudden Iran and, and Lebanon, and there's some issues there that are taking place, have caught him by surprise. Are you with me? He says, he says, but behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your goings out and your comings in from this time forth and forever. I mean, how many of you know God's got some protection going on on your behalf? Amen? Let's give the Lord some praise for that because he's got some protection going on on our behalf. I mean, we begin to look at this and we think, wow. This is pretty cool. Well, the Lord says he's going to watch over his word to perform it. Psalms 145.20 says that the Lord watches over all those who love him. I mean, you love the Lord, then he's watching over you. Come on. And the Bible also says that he will destroy the wicked. The wicked will be destroyed. It's like, okay, you know, is that, when, is that, when is that time coming? I'm not going to get into that today. John chapter 13, verse 20, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whoever I send receives me. Hmm. He who receives whoever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives the one that sent me. In other words, you're going to receive a prophet because God sent a prophet? And if we receive him, then we receive Christ. And if we receive Christ, are you with me? Are you getting this? Then if we receive Christ, then we receive who sent Christ. Who sent Christ? God the Father. So we begin to look at this. And, and, and I'm not concerned about false prophets. I'm not talking about false prophets today. I'm not talking about that. But I want us to begin to look at some things because there's some things on my heart. 
I received I received some words and and one of, one of the prophets that we I just don't go with every prophet that I know. Not that they're false prophets. Number one, we don't have a relationship with them. Number two, I want prophets that speak into the lives and the body that, that are involved, and I want to see some fruit. How many of you want to see some fruit? And, we, and there, Chuck Pierce is a prophet that I'm telling you, he's a prophet of God. And eight years ago, I did not know if he was a prophet of God. I'm just being transparent with you. I didn't know if he was a prophet of God. I had heard somebody said that he had prophesied this and this didn't happen. It's like, okay. Well, I find out there's a lot of prophets that prophesy something that it doesn't take place right then or when you think it's supposed to. Are you with me? So, you know, I was taken by what somebody else said. And then I began to start seeing the fruit in Chuck's life. I mean, we follow after God. I don't follow after Chuck Pierce. Amen? You follow after God, you don't follow after me. Come on. Paul says, follow me or look to me as I point you to the Savior. You know what I mean? Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you hide, holding somebody up on the pedestal and say, that man's God or that woman's God. That's not the case. So we began to start hearing Chuck Pierce, and, and he would prophesy into the Contra to Prayer, which is now the Oklahoma Apostolic Prayer Network. He would prophesy into it, and there were things that were happening. And I was like, this is cool. There was a time where he prophesied, and, and he said it would be a sign unto you that, 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 that rain would come. And I'm telling you, they walked out of that meeting, and guess what happened? Rain came. Oh, that's just a coincidence. No, it's not. Not when you watch the forecast that day, and it calls for 0% chance of rain. This has happened time and time again. Just recently when, I want to think they were in, was it New York or Washington, D.C., and they prophesied, he and Cindy Jacobs, and the Spirit of the Lord came, and, and I mean, they began to start prophesying. They said, you will see there will be a change in the government. Things will begin to happen, and there will be a sign, and there will be a flood. And I'm telling you, we were supposed to go to a family reunion in that area, and they canceled it because of the floodwaters. You remember the floodwaters just recently? that In New Jersey, they were had water running down the streets. In New York, they had water running down the streets. That happened after he prophesied it. A coincidence? I think not. We began to look at some things, and I want us to, I want us to, I want to read over something because I got this recently. If I can find all my papers here. There's a book called uh, The Future War of the Church that I would suggest that you get it. There, you're going to see where Chuck began to prophesy. He wrote that book and was published in, I think it was January of 2001, and the Twin Towers, the terrorist attack, happened in September of that year. And there was a prophetic word in there that there were some things that were going to take place, and they took place. Listen to this. This was in January 29th. We know what's happening. Do you know, I guess you know that Lebanon has been, there's been times where they've been constantly bombing Israel, and Israel has not done anything about it. It's been going on for a while. I got to thinking when we were there in 2000, when I was in Israel in 2000, we were on the border of Syria. We were on the border of Syria and Israel, and Lebanon had bombed that day. We heard it. We heard the bombs. It was like, what is that going on? And, I mean, we're talking 600 miles from Syria to the border of Lebanon. And then we went back to the hotel that night and found out that Lebanon had bombed Israel. Well, Lebanon has been bombing Israel for many, for many years, and Israel has not done anything about it. Are you with me? This was a prophetic word that came forth 
On January 29, 2006, when Chuck Pierce was speaking at a church service in Jubilee Church in Camarillo, California, the Lord began to speak to him about Lebanon. All right? It's amazing how, see, we take that word, and I guess in January 26, I'm sure they took it, they looked at it, some of the intercessors grabbed it, they started praying over it, they started warring over it, but now it's come to pass. And here's what, here's what the word was said. He said, watch Lebanon. Not only was he speaking to the church and the people that were there as a personal call for them to watch over the nation of Lebanon, but I felt like he was speaking to his people that Lebanon would become a real prayer focus and the, and this, and the issue of prayer this year. I was hesitant to interrupt the service and give this word because I was not confident about who was in the service would understand the concept of Lebanon today. This is Chuck's words. However, I am glad that I heeded the voice of the Lord that he was calling us to pray for Lebanon this year. In the midst of the summer at the hottest point. This is what he prophesied in January. At the midst of the summer and the hottest point, you will begin to see the snow of Lebanon melt. Watch the Palestine and Syria from an ungodly alliance with Lebanon. For Lebanon is at the end of the fork of the road of the change for the Middle Middle East. Lebanon will become an issue that causes the Middle East to go one way or the other. In the midst of the beauty and the grandeur of this place, I will begin to write a new script over the nations that will realign. Out of Lebanon, a new wineskin will form, and a new river will begin to rise. I will bring conflict into Lebanon because of its boundaries that I will deal with this year concerning my promised land of Israel. The conflict that's over there is about land. It has been, (laughs) it's going to be now, and it will be in the future, about land. And them wanting to wipe Israel off the map. If there is any nation that is hated in the Middle East, it is Israel. Look, they just don't want to control Israel. There are nations that want to annihilate Israel. They want to wipe out what the Bible calls God's chosen people. Are you with me? So listen to this. It says, I will bring conflict into Lebanon because it's the boundary that that we'll deal with this year concerning my promised land of Israel. The warlike tribes of Lebanon will once again arise. But in the end, I will win the war and the riches that have been withheld from my kingdom plan will be released. It's not only over land, but what's in that land. And it's not only over what's in that land, but it's in the transfer of wealth. In the last days, we're going to see a great transfer of wealth from the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and just. And that wealth is going to be transferred. The question is, are we going to be in position to receive that transfer of wealth. I don't know about you, but I'm working on getting out of debt because I, I, I want to receive that transfer of wealth. Amen? He says, he says, watch and see, for there's a new vision. For the days ahead you will hear a cry arise from the deep affliction and mourning that comes out of Lebanon. Out of the ancient city of Damascus you will see a caravan arise. I, ancient of days, will create a conflict in Damascus. My power will be displayed to the world when I break the confederation of demonic hosts that are aligned against my covenant people. Uh-oh, I don't understand. I don't know if you understand it. He says he's going to break the confederation of the demonic hosts that are aligned against his people. Amen. I mean, we need that to see what's happening. 
Well, let me go on. I just I want to stay on track here. Out of Damascus will come a new move of my spirit. Many conversions and miracles will occur in the region that surrounds Damascus. Watch, because I am realigning the nations of this region. I will send angelic forces to guard my plan. Praise the Lord. No matter how Syria arises against that plan at this time, I will have warring angelic forces that will counteract the plan of the men that are aligned with these evil forces to create havoc. Whether you understand it, whether you realize it or not, whether you've got revelation or not, doesn't, doesn't matter. Here is what's taking place. Heaven is moving closer to the earth. It's moving closer. As heaven moves closer to the earth, something's got to give. And now we're seeing the earth. We're seeing tsunamis. We're seeing earthquakes. We're seeing fires. We're seeing all these different things that are taking place. Is because God's will is for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The earth is groaning. It's travailing. We got scientists that are talking about global warming. We got scientists that are talking about the ice age, that, you know, it could be colder. Right now, I think global warming's looking pretty good. I don't believe in global warming. Amen. I believe they're trying to come up with a plan because if it's going to be destroyed by fly fire, some scientists has got to explain and say, well, it's going to be global warming. That's why the earth caught on fire. Although the judgments of God, the justice of God, he, he, come, on, come on, he's not coming back to play patty cake. Come on, somebody. We begin to look at this, and we see this prophetic word. Well, there, 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 there is, um, I was telling you about what was being released, and there's, there's going to be wealth released in the kingdom of God. Chuck Pierce came out with a deal on June 30th that he saw a time capsule in heaven. A window of success has opened. Stay one step ahead of your enemy. How many of you want to stay one step ahead of the enemy? Okay. He says, this is a phrase that keeps running through my heart. On the way to Washington, D.C. last week uh, with Mike and Cindy Jacobs, the Spirit of God visited me on the plane and showed me a time capsule. He actually revealed this to me through a vision of the capsule that his intercessors were to eat at this time. He actually revealed to me that the intercessors were to eat at this time. Like a time capsule release, this time capsule would take action within us and would set the course for the future of our nation. I'm just going to go with the Holy Ghost here today. Amen? Let's, let's say, Lord, I, I want that time capsule. Okay? Now, he's going to put your hand out. Let him give you that time capsule. I want you to take that time capsule. If you're an intercessor or not, you're called to pray. All right? I want you to take that time capsule and swallow that thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like some of you that do yard work, it's like a time-released fertilizer. Okay? So we, I'm taking the time capsule by faith. Amen? It says the time capsule would take action within us and set the course for our future and for our nation. <laughs> Within the capsule, I saw spirals of hexiles and information upon them. This was the context of the seven-year war and the season in which we're now in. After I completed sharing my message on Thursday night, the Lord had me decree, let, as a sign, let a flood now be released from the heaven that would come around and surround Washington, D.C. to verify the time frame and the words released, let the flood begin. That's what he spoke forth that night in Washington, D.C. I was trying to look and see. I got June 30th on this. June 30th is when he wrote that. Okay, so 
let the flood begin. And guess what? Things started happening. Things started happening. He says, I'll explain the time capsule below. However, I feel it's important for us to remind you of the seven-year war that we're in. In September of 2001, in the beginning of the war year, seven years to breaking old cycle. In 2001, those of you that have been part of this, especially part of Oklahoma Concert of Prayer, we've been in a seven-year war. How many of you know he prophesied in, in January that this seven-year war would be begin, and, and we went to f- manifestation of the war, actual physical war, in September of 2001. So we're in this seven-year war cycle. And just let me break this down to you. We're in the fifth year of that seven-year cycle right now. We've gone through some areas, and here's what he says. This is a season of covenant conflict in the earth. You'll be remembering when you saw the World Trade Center in New York City fall as a result of the terrorist attack. Even though we have seen the world enter into conflict with terrorism and ensuing confrontations in the natural, the war is predominantly spiritual with religious overtones. We keep hearing the word jihad, jihad, come out of the Islamic camp, and that is a holy war. Jihad means a holy war. Because I'm telling you, the forces of darkness don't like the forces of light. And the forces of light want to repel the forces of darkness. And as darkness begins to rise up, the forces of light are coming in. And whether it's a, and you better be on the forces of light. And the forces of darkness are saying, it's a holy war. They know more about this war than we as believers in the, in the spiritual realm. They know a whole lot more about it than we do. And it's time for us to start getting a supernatural revelation and time capsule being released for us to get a revelation that we're in war. We're not only in a natural, physical war, but it is a jihad. It is a holy war. Because I'm telling you, there's going to be some apostolic declarations that we're going to do here shortly that is going to break some things off. Amen? You can read more about this in the Future War of the Church that it was released in May of 2001. May have continued through this season by experiencing experiencing the Sabbath day rest. And he goes into and he talks about the different, the different years and what they meant in the, in, the, in, the, in the Jewish tradition and what the years actually meant. And he talked about the increasing of faith and the years of secrets and mysteries and the divine bull ride in September of 2003. He also talked about a year that we run with the horses. You know, and it was like, hey, if you can't keep up with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? And I got, to, I got this revelation of running with the horses. God wants you to run out ahead of all your competition. Your problems, he wants you to run out ahead of them. We got we to learn to run with the horses. In, in the Hebrew, Simka, I guess, am I pronouncing that correct? How do you pronounce that? S A M Simkai? Samek. Samek, 60 season we're living in. Now it's the, it's the season of circle, surround, plunder the enemy's camp. Listen to this. Tatum, you'll like this. This is a time of violent praise not a quiet season, but one to shout your way past the enemy. God is increasing the violent praise. And we got to shout our way past the enemy. Amen? It's like, hey, you can't get up with me. I gotta, I'm ahead of you. See ya. I'm one foot ahead of you. I'm running with horses, baby. I'm running like Elijah. When it was time to run, he took off running. And we got to stay ahead. And you're going to you're gonna have to stop looking at the situation and go, ooh, it's got me. 
you got to start looking at this situation and say, no, you don't have me. We got no problem. We go to watch OU play, and Peterson runs a 100-yard or 90-yard run. We're up in the living room going, go, 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 go. But a problem comes upon you. You got to look and go, hey, go, 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 God, go, go. Touchdown. Woo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You got no problem when you open up the mailbox and you got a check in the mail and you go, woo, Ed McMahon just showed up at my door. Well, you got a problem. You got to say, God is greater than my problem. You got to shout joy. You got to shout victory. You got to shout praise. You got to shout hallelujah. I mean, you got to begin to start shouting your way past the enemy. Anyway, you can do this or not do this. It's up to you. This is a time where heaven and earth are getting much closer. We're watching some things begin to realign. It's creating waves of changes. Hurricanes. Tornadoes. Are you with me? Tsunamis. The earth is shaken. This is a fifth year and a seven year. Five means grace. Say grace. Supernatural abundant grace is available for our conflicts ahead. Say grace. Supernatural grace is abundant for our conflicts ahead. I, I, I gotta have, I'm, we're going to have some conflicts ahead. You better get ready. This is a season to stake our claim for the future. We, 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 we drove stakes through 77 counties in this state. We staked our claim for the future. Many of you did it in your own homes, on your own property, in your own businesses. We must decree that our past must submit to our future. Say that. In the name of Jesus, I decree that my past must submit to my future in Jesus' name. So you, you, we got to decree these things. We, we just can't be silent right now. For the best the Lord has for us is coming. We have two more years of intense conflict with old cycles that would hold us captive and keep us from seeing God's best released. The next Hebrew year that we'll enter in is in October of 2006. It's the year... Of the sword. God's been dealing with me on a, on a deal. Where, where's Debbie Brawley at? Is she teaching? Is she in here? God's been dealing with me on the sword, on the sword. And 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 I and I and Debbie came up and she said, I got these swords. I, I want you to see. I was like, man, hold on to them. We're going to use them in an illustrated sermon because God's dealing with me on the sword. That it's time for us to sharpen our sword. It's time for us to begin to sharpen our sword. So 2006 in October, it's going to be the year of the sword. Violent worship must become more violent. The Bible says that the kingdom of violent, I mean the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. I mean, it's time for us to stand up. Some of you may not know, I signed a petition not too long ago of Ford. Ford is really, Ford is really, Ford Motor Company has really stepped out and they're supporting a homosexual agenda. They're spending hundreds of thousands a dollars in, in gay magazines, lesbian publications, all sorts of stuff. And there's been, uh, been some of us that have been involved in that, and we, we've, you know, we've signed a petition. If you want to sign it, you can get in it, but don't be playing around. Don't be saying, I'm going to sign a p- petition, and, and, and you're not going to buy a brand-new Ford, and you go buy a brand-new Ford. Amen? I just saw a deal last night on the news, wasn't it? Ford is now having to start closing plants. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry for the people that are going to lose their jobs. But maybe the people that are going to lose their jobs need to contact Ford and say, hey, will you stop promoting a homosexual agenda and God will begin to change this thing and turn it around. Come on, somebody. There's going to be a dividing line, and either you're going to step and do the things of God, or you're going to ride the fence, or you're going to be on the other side. I think Revelation says you're either neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, and I'll spew you out of my mouth. I don't want to be lukewarm and say, well, it's okay, you know. I mean, they got to, they got to target that segment also. No, they don't have to target that segment. Come on, somebody. They don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and now all of a sudden, guess what? Their stock's going to start dropping. Their sales have been dropping since the boycott, and somebody at Ford better wake up and say, wait a minute, I better start doing something a little bit different here. Oh, I guess that faith-based community might even have some power. Oh, that faith-based community might be a sleeping giant that'll come up and say, hey, we're going to, if we want to, we'll go buy a Chevy. Amen? We'll go buy a, a Dodge Hemi or we'll buy something else, but we're not going to buy a Ford. Amen? Until you stop promoting that. We find out that Chevy does it, never know. There might be some Christian people in this congregation that say, you know what? Let's just build our own car. Amen? Just make our own car. Don't, don't. Hey, their companies are doing it. Companies are doing it. I mean, the technology's out there. Anyways, I don't want to get back to what I was at. He says the worship must become more violent. We, a people of God, will take the earth by force. Violent worship overcomes violence in the natural because of atmosphere changes around us. The dichotomy of good and evil will defend in a new way over the next several months. Heaven and earth are aligning. New councils of rulership are being formed in the earth. These councils are developing strategies to bring in the harvest. These councils will know how to decree a thing and watch it happen. That is why decrees about the transfer of wealth are so important. I want you to take this declaration right here because we we need to get through this today. I want us to read it out loud together. We are going to be decreeing this. Amen? And I want you to take this home, and I want you to decree this every day. I want you to get serious about this thing. Because, listen, don't you get upset with, 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 with Shorty and Angela. When they go home and they decree it and they establish it and they, they, they walk in the holiness and the righteousness of God and God opens up a window of heaven and pours out a blessing on them, don't say, God, how come they got it and I didn't? Because they worked for it. This is a way. This is a way. This is a way. Let's do this together. Let's, when I, ready, read. I hereby take the apostolic authority that I have been given by God as an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I make this decree on the foundation of the blood shed by Jesus Christ, God's Son, at the cross of Calvary. I enunciate these words by the power of the infilling of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God. In compliance with the sacred scriptures written in Ephesians 3.10, I, on behalf of the church of Jesus Christ, make known the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. I say to you, evil spirits of darkness, that the reign that you've usurped over the creation and over the nations of the world since the Garden of Eden is hereby coming to an end. The wisdom of God declares that his kingdom is coming and that his will shall be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Your dominion is coming to an end, replaced by the godly dominion of those who are born again, children of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Take a deep breath. As a key part of bringing this about, 
God has declared through his prophets that the wealth of the wicked will be released to the kingdom of God. Powers of darkness will diminish and powers of light will flourish. I declare this to the principalities and powers who have been agents of Satan to obstruct this transfer of wealth for too long. Your time is up. Your evil powers are broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare that your wicked powers are demolished. I take the apostolic authority that has been given me, and I bind you. What is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Let go of the wealth of the nations. I loose this wealth for the kingdom of God. What has been loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. I declare that this wealth will be distributed for the extension of the kingdom of God by the apostles that God has set in the church. These experienced men and women have passed the test of giftedness, effectiveness, leadership, and exemplary character. I speak specifically to mammon, you vile and destructive demonic principality, and I say that you will keep your hands off God's chosen ones. Neither greed, nor covetiveness, nor parsimony, nor self-reliance will be able to influence God's chosen and anointed ones. They, among many others like them, will be mighty agents of God for the transformation of society. They will lead the way in restoring the rightful dominion and stewardship over God's creation that was lost by our forefather, the first Adam. I decree that vast amounts of wealth will be released supernaturally, even from godless and pagan sources. I decree that large numbers of God's chosen people will be empowered in fresh and creative ways to gain wealth, according to Deuteronomy 8.18. New inventions will multiply. Disruptive technologies will change life patterns of the whole human race. The earth will disgorge vast riches of hidden resources. These will be entrusted to God's agents. Profits will increase exponentially. The enemy's camp will be plundered. The forces of darkness will be in disarray, and they will retreat. Jesus will be exalted in nation after nation. Righteousness and justice will sweep the earth as a tsunami. Resistance will be impossible. Jesus will put all things under his feet. He will deliver the kingdom to God the Father. The prayer that Jesus taught us will be answered. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is spoken, so it will come to pass. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap of prayer for this. I want you to begin to decree this over your life, and you're going to begin to watch some things change. Amen? Okay, let me continue real quick. I'm almost done. There's going to be a window of opportunity, and I want us to look over that. I, I want us to probably, we'll look over that this next week. There's going to be a window of opportunity from, from now until August 10th and from August 9th to September 5th, from to September 5th to October 12th, from October 12th into the future, and, and from the future forward. There's going to be some things that God's going to begin to release, and I want us to get a revelation of it. I want us to be able to, to say, okay, the prophet said it. I believe it. We're going to walk through it. It's confirmation to us. We're going to prosper. I'm going to listen to the prophet, so I too shall prosper or have success. Success. I need success in every area in my life. Okay, uh, Isaiah 60. He says to read Isaiah 60 at least three times and see and establish the brilliance of your righteousness. Worship becomes a very important aspect of our spiritual life this month. Worship becomes a very important aspect of our spiritual life this month. 
Worship me in spirit and in truth. Read John chapter 4, all right? That's the woman at the well where she comes to Jesus and, and uh, the, he talks about the living water. I want us to read that. Make sure we read that. Be careful not to agree with the development of a golden calf. Watch your mouth this month. Speak positive things. Speak things that you want to happen. When you look at somebody in your family and you say, well, he ain't no good, don't say that. Start speaking forth the destiny that God has for them. Watch your mouth this month. This, this month. Confess the best that the Lord has for you. Agree with his call on your life. Do not speak an evil report. Let me pray. Father, I just pray that you will open our ears and our hearts to receive what we're saying and hear what we're saying out of our mouth. That we will watch our mouths this month and even in the months ahead. That we know that you said you would supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, We've, we've heard about Chuck's prophecies. We've heard about him, him prophesy in Lebanon. And I, I, I've been struggling with this. And I was struggling with this probably the past week. Well, no, it's probably been the past three weeks. There was a prophetic word that Chuck came forth. And he said, as we move forward in this month, being the month of July, he said, when you sow a seed, he said, now is the time to sow a seed. And Tatum can tell you, <laughs> she does not know this until right now. But we have been sowing seeds as this ministry. No, no, you don't understand me. We've been sowing seeds. We've been putting into this ministry. We've been putting into that ministry. We've been sowing seed into this person. We've been sowing seed into that person. In fact, my wife and Tatum are probably going, what is going on? That's the truth. Wednesday night was a part of it. The Spirit of God was moving Wednesday night, and God met needs in here Wednesday night. You guys came, gave an offering, sowed seeds in there. It was a well over, I don't know, thousands of dollars were probably released Wednesday night. But Chuck Pierce said this. He said, this is a time to release a seed. And I believe it's in, I believe it's in Mark 4 where he said, when you sow the seed, it lands on good soil. You will get a return of 30, 60, or 100-fold. So I'm going to ask Susan to come and play. And if you want to sow a seed, you, you just get off that keyboard. You come down and sow a seed, girl, okay? All right. I, 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 the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, you better prepare this and you better sow it. I'm going to ask the ushers to, 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 to come. What are you going to do? I'm going to take up a seed sow. I'm going to take up an offering. I'm going to make it real clear. If we believe the word of the prophet... And he said, this is an ideal month. This is a time that when you sow your seed, that you'll see a 30, 60, or 100-fold return on it. You just be obedient to God. What do you mean sow a seed? If it's $5, it's $5. If it's $10, it's $10. If it's 100 it's 100 If it's 500 or 5000 then sow it. You just be obedient to whatever, the God, whatever God says that you're to sow. So be prepared. I just want you to know, be prepared because as this week goes on and you sow a seed today, as this week goes on, there is seed that's going to come into your hand. 
Oh, God, help me. It's a penny. I, I went... I went somewhere the other day and I was standing there and I looked down and guess what was there? It's a penny. Now many of you would have walked past it. Many of you would have said, that's just a penny. I'm not picking that penny up. But not me. I saw it as seed. I reached down and it was on tails. Come on, y'all think y'all spiritual and everything in here. You know that people say it is superstitious. You pick that thing up. I don't believe in superstition. I pick it up. I walk under ladders. I make sure that the ladder's secure. I walk on. I don't believe in that garbage. Amen. I'm not going to let that control my life. I remember there was a time where I did believe in that stuff. So in order to pick up something that was on tails, I would pick it up, turn it over to heads, and pick it up. But I looked down and I, and, and I did not hesitate. I looked down and I saw that. And I saw it was on tails and it didn't matter. I reached down and I picked up that seed. And I said, Lord, thank you for seed. God's going to put something in your hand this week. Some of you here today don't have seed to give. Just trust God. He's going to put something in your hand. And if we're going to believe in the prophets so we too shall prosper and have success, then now's the time to sow. <laughs> now's the time to sow. I'm not looking at the natural, Tatum, because when I look at the natural, there's no seed there to sow. Come on, somebody. But we're sowing it anyhow. Well, how can you do that? Well, because we're walking by faith. We're believing God. So I'm going to ask the ushers. I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord what it is, what seed it is that you want to sow. Well, you know, I came in here and only got $20. If the Spirit of God says sow it, sow it. If he says don't, don't. If he says so a dollar, so a dollar. Just be obedient to God. That's the only, That's what I'm trying to tell you. Just be obedient to God. I went in and I was like, Lord, I don't have any money. I don't carry a lot of cash on me. And he reminded me of where I had some money hidden. It's cash. I got cash hidden somewhere. My wife knows where it's at, so I'm not giving up a secret. And I sat down on my desk this morning and I got that cash. And the Lord said, you know you got that checkbook and I was like yeah and it's 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 for a company that we have it's for company and the Lord said do you want them involved in it and I said yes Lord I want I want everything I got involved in it he said well write a check so I wrote a check I was obedient to what the spirit of the Lord told me so just what I'm saying is that get ready because God's going to do some things today and Wednesday and next Sunday and the rest of this month in July, God's going to do some things because we're sowing seed. Let me just pray. Father, we just, I believe in the prophet. I believe in your word. You watch over your word to perform it. And you said that not only you would give seed to the sower, bread for food. But Lord, you said you would take care of all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And there's many here today that are concerned whether you're going to take care of their needs or not. You're already going to take care of their needs. And God, I thank you that when we said that your words told us that we were to believe in the prophet, so we too shall prosper. And God, we sow this seed today. This seed today. I call forth a 30, 60, and a hundredfold blessing on that seed. And Lord, throughout this week and the upcoming days ahead in this month of July, Lord, that, that, that the prophet said that we sow this, it will have that exponential increase in our lives. So, God, we just sow this seed. We release it now to you. Lord, I ask you to give each person what you want them to give. 
Just tell them, God. Just tell them. And they'll be obedient. Man, I hear the Lord saying that you don't, he's like, God, I don't have no money. I don't have no cash on me. You got change in your pocket. And he says, give the change. Give the change. Just be obedient. So, God, we just, we just sow this right now in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 11.6 said, I'm setting before you today blessings and curses. Blessing and curses. The Bible says, I put before you life and death. God said, choose life. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I just want you to be obedient to God. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to be some obedient folk in this place. I'll share with you Wednesday night. Well, I don't know if it'll be Wednesday night or not, but it might be. We'll see what God says. Share with you Wednesday night the, the rest of this word that Chuck had given and what was in it. About the release. There it is. A window of opportunity positioned over us. And I want us to step in that window of opportunity. Now you've ate that capsule. And that capsule's a time release deal. So get ready as things begin to start being released in your life. Those of you that God's waking up at, at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, be obedient to pray. Those of, uh, those, of you that, those of us that God's waking up at 6 o'clock or 5... 557. I looked over at 557. 557. You know the number 5 means grace. And there's grace and great grace. So when I looked at that, it was like 557. I was like, Lord, what is the 557? He said, not only do you have grace, 5, but you have the next 5, which is great grace. And the number of 7 is for completion. Great grace grace being completed on your life this was this was yesterday morning I woke up and I looked at that and that's what the Lord spoke to me great grace being released on your lives I like the grace of God I thank you for the grace of God thank you Lord God you guys okay today A different word today different different time today let's just seal the word to us right now father we just received this word Lord, I just ask it that it falls on fertile soil. Oh, I'm talking rich soil, God. I'm talking way down deep. I'm talking a revelation of the Word of God to where the enemy cannot steal it. Lord, we just call forth it to receive, be received in fertile soil right now. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Hey, if you have a need today,